Hello, and welcome to Talking Nog, a yearly tradition honoring a yearly tradition. I'm your holiday host and Nog Master, as always, Jeff Stormer. This is a podcast honoring the past, present, and future of everyone's favorite, eggy, yuletide treat. We're going to talk how to drink it, how to make it, where it came from, where it's headed, and hopefully, have some fun along the way. So how about you pour yourself a frothy glass, settle in by your fireplace, and we'll dive right in. I myself am enjoying a store-bought eggnog spiked with a little bit of Bacardi rum. It gives it a nice alcoholic burn, a little bit of a crisp, spicy aftertaste that mixes well with the, the soft, creamy, rich, meaty texture of the eggnog itself. Highly recommended. Ah, it's good nog. Let's start with a few intro-level questions about uh, enjoying eggnog as a drinker, from a drinker's perspective. Our first question comes from James at And The Meltdowns on Twitter. James asks... Hello, Jeff. Hi, James. I've seen things (sighs) people wouldn't believe. Really? Attack ships on fire Mm. on the shoulder of Orion. Mm. Mm. I've watched sea beams glitter in the dark. Near the Tannhauser Gate. So, did you have a question? All or- those moments will be lost in time. Okay, but like tears in eggnog. I've never tasted eggnog. Will you tell me what it tastes like? Great question, James. Eggnog has a rich, creamy taste with a. A meaty undertone, like um, like imagine the the finest French toast you've ever eaten, spiced, spiked with a smooth, velvety, creamy finish, and that sweet alcoholic burn on the back end. It's just a, or maybe a, a little cinnamon spice on the front. It's a, it's a taste that you'll never forget. very good. It's good eggnog. Sorry that you'll never taste it. Silky on Twitter asks, are there eggs in eggnog and how do you avoid salmonella? That's a great question. There's a few different theories on salmonella and eggnog. There are eggs in eggnog, obviously. Uh, There's a few different theories. Some people believe that salmonella and eggs is so rare that it's not really a concern. You can put them into eggnog. Some people believe that uh, the alcohol in eggnog, if you put it as you, as, you, as you let it sit, it sits for a long time before you drink it. Some people believe that that cuts some of the salmonella out, or the bacteria. And some people cook their eggs as a precautionary measure. I personally believe that we're never wholly safe from salmonella, and salmonella will come to claim all of us in the end. It's really more of a question of when than if, and I don't believe in letting that inevitable salmonella illness... I don't live, I don't live in fear. Eat, drink, and be merry, I say, for tomorrow. We may die of salmonella poisoning. Cheers. Huh? John Decker at Deckwad on Twitter asks, What the fuck is a clove? No idea. I guess it's like a smelly stick. Makes the eggnog taste good. Next question. Silky on Twitter asks, What's the texture of eggnog like? The thing about eggnog is, it's basically French toast batter. It's got eggs, it's got cream, it's got cinnamon, it's got nutmeg. So really just picture if you had made some delicious French toast 
and you spiked it with a little extra cream, a little booze, and just shot the whole bowl back in your mouth. Hmm? If that sounds as amazing to you as it does to me, hmm? congratulations. You're a noghead. Hmm? Silky also asked, what's the best thing to pair eggnog with? Well, for that, we're going to throw it over to my good friend, Brandon Leon Gambetta, with a little eggnog story of his own. Brandon? Oh, hi there. I didn't see you come in. Why don't you come on over and have a seat by the fire, warm up? On this, uh, the highest celebration of eggnog, I wanted to tell you a little story about my favorite thing to eat with the eggiest of nogs. While you can drink eggnog on its own, I find it pairs best with panettone, an Italian fruitcake made rich with butter and egg. It has quite the storied past, and if you go looking, you can find many sources of its creation, from the Romans to an old nun trying to keep a church open. But my favorite of the stories is one about love. Tony was a poor scullery boy who worked for the Visconti and Sforza families in Milan during the 15th century. He was terribly in love with the chef's daughter, but couldn't truly court her because he just was too poor. Then at a Christmas banquet, the chef accidentally burned the dessert. Tony went to the chef and without guile offered a cake that he had made for his family and friends with the leftovers. Raisins and candied fruits, maybe a little more butter and sugar than the chef would have used. The chef had no choice, so he brought it into the Duke. The cake was a success, and Tony and the baker's daughter were married. So it was that the cake was given its name, Panettone, named for the creator itself. Jeff, what's your favorite holiday pairing with your eggnog? What a wonderful story. Thank you, Brandon. I also love Panettone. I think it's a wonderful pairing with eggnog. I think eggnog, as a creamy beverage, I think it really pairs well with any pastry. Anything that you would pair a nice cool glass of milk with, I think that you would be stepping up your holiday game a little bit to pair it with eggnog instead. Perhaps a, an old-fashioned donut or a, a delicious cream cheese danish. Uh, perhaps, here's, here's a holiday life hack for you. Try spiking your coffee with a little bit of that sweet, sweet eggnog. Your taste buds will thank you. Great question, Silky. Silky also asks, can big eggnog be enjoyed hot or cold, or can it be enjoyed either way? You open up a can of worms, we're gonna get into it. We are not afraid to speak truth to power on talking nog. Some hot debate happened. I threw this question out on Twitter. We got some very heated answers. People very strong opinions. Some people say, warm and boozy all the way. Some people say, they will literally fight you if you drink your eggnog warm. They say chilled with ice is the only way to do it. I'm here to take a stand. I'm here to say, I'm here to call for peace. I think you're, I think you enjoy eggnog the way that you want to enjoy eggnog. We're all in this together. We're all just trying to get through this thing called life. With a little noggy treat at our sides. I don't see why you gotta argue. I say, you do your nog the way that you want to do your nog. You let the next person do their nog the way they want to do their nog. Let's all log together in peace. Make for a better future. A noggier future. For all. Great question. That said, for the record, I like it chill. John Decker, Deckwad on Twitter, asks, How much alcohol consumption is acceptable at a family Christmas party? On the scale from none to Wade Boggs. It's an interesting question. Normally at a party, I would say, 
30 to 40% more inebriated than your average inebriation level. For a family party, I might bump that up to maybe 60%, a solid 60. Because that, because you know, here's the thing, they might tease you a little bit, but your family's got your back if you cross that line a little bit. Now for a work party, I'm gonna say a hard 25 to 30% tops. You wanna keep it under control, you wanna cut loose, you don't wanna be a stick in the mud, but you wanna cut loose a little bit. 25 to 30%. Now, holiday life hack. Up your average inebriation levels by about 15%. Now you're rocking 45% of that work party. Yeah. Great question. John Decker also asks, what recipe would you recommend for a beginner? As I said earlier, a lot of people, we're all, we're all surprisingly familiar with the standard practices of eggnog. Get a little, get a few egg, a few, a few egg yolks, some cream, some milk, a little cinnamon, a little nutmeg, a couple of these weird cloves. You toss those in a pot, you boil it, you put it in the fridge, a couple hours later, you got yourself some eggnog. Surprisingly easy beverage to make. Surprisingly approachable. Really, the people's beverage, dating back to its origins in post-revolutionary France, when widespread famine led peasants to drink the batter that they would make their breakfasts with. Soon enough, they were mixing up proportions and that delicious drink we call eggnog was born. Of course, this is also where nog comes from. It's actually an acronym for Nectar of God, named as such by English priests who would give the drink to peasants passing by to travelers, to pilgrims, to carolers, which is also where it gets its fruits in the holiday season. It's a little nog history lesson for you. You're welcome. Next question. Now that we've sort of covered the drinking of eggnog, let's move into the making of eggnog. Silky asks, what are the best eggs to use with eggnogs? Responsibly raised eggs. You know, free range, organic. Be, be a responsible consumer. I don't think that the choice of egg is going to really impact the taste, but it might impact your conscience later. Shop responsibly. Great question. On a related note, Demoon Rules asks, are there limits to the type of egg that can be used for eggnog? Can you have ostrich eggnog? O ostrich eggnog. I mean, ostriches are beautiful, majestic animals. I don't know why you would <laughs> even consider doing that. I just, I mean, <laughs> mm -mm. I, professional, professional, keep it together. Yes, you could switch up the type of egg if you wanted a different flavor or different proportions or to sort of give it an international flair, flavor, or if you were some kind of ostrich eating monster and you wanted to disgrace a majestic bird. Yeah, I suppose you could, to moon rules. Great question. Silky asks, how long does eggnog last? Not long in this house. <sighs> if you catch my drift, great question. John Decker at Degwad on Twitter asks, what's your choice of bourbon with or without a budget? Same question for rum. Great question. <sighs> if I'm not bound by budget, what I'm going to do is I'm going to build a distillery. I'm going to pay... The people in that distillery for 30 years minimum and say redefine bourbon and redefine bourbon and rum change the game go crazy experiment for 30 years 
your job is safe for 30 years, provided you redefine what Americans think of as, as spirited alcoholic beverages. Then, in 30 years' time, I'm going to take their results. I'm going to take their crowning achievements. I'm going to put them in a barrel, and I'm going to sit on them for another 30 years. <laughs> then, I will take that 30-year-aged, redefined American alcohol, and I will use that in the finest cup of eggnog that I alone will drink and no other human being will ever get to experience the majesty and the joy that I experience on that holiday season. For a budget, Jim Beam is pretty good. Bacardi is pretty good. Great question. Jean-Pierre at AMFC underscore podcast on Twitter asks, Hey man, this is Jean-Pierre. I got a real noodle scratcher for you. How you make that eggnog when you out on the road just contemplating the delicacies of life? When you're looking dead in the face every day, but you want to celebrate them good holidays. Great question, Jean-Pierre. The challenge about making eggnog on the go is that you require a spot for the eggnog to sit in a cool space for about six to eight hours. Here's what here's my holiday life hack for you. Consider buying a papoose, much like you would carry a baby. Put the eggnog in a jar or a pot. Put the pot in the papoose, carry it with you. You could then pad the papoose with ice or uh, just pad it with cold water periodically. Something to keep the, the pot within the papoose cool and moist throughout the hours. Then, that night when you're settled into your campfire, you crack open that pot, you pull it out of the papoose, you've got some delicious frothy eggnog, road style. Great question. Our next not question comes from Taylor at Leviathan Files on Twitter. Taylor? Hi, Jeff. I'm Taylor. I'm a longtime listener, first time caller. I guess I have a few Nog questions here for you. Um, after the events of the Deep Space Nine finale, where do you see Ensign Nog's Starfleet career going? Do you see him requesting a post on a station somewhere, or do you think he'd want to post on a starship? Does he still take the Hollow Program Vic Fontaine with him? At what point does he outgrow Fontaine, or do you think Vic's always in Nog's life? Can we outgrow holograms like we can outgrow other media from our formative years? Does Nog mesh well with the Federation's post-currency workforce, or do you think he seeks out other non-economic currency cultures, like social currency, or like some sort of merit-driven competition culture? Uh, what do you think Nog posts for leave when he has the opportunity? Uh, if the writers hadn't, if the writers of the show hadn't butchered her character, do you think Ziel would have been friends with Jake and Nog? Uh, how many seasons would that spinoff have gotten? Oh, also my friend Dylan wants me to ask, why is the one episode where we see Nog without any makeup on so haunting, and why will the image of him as a newsie never leave my vision, not even when I close my eyes? Uh, these questions have kept me up at night, so please answer them this year, because I don't know if I can wait until 2017. Great question, Taylor. I think Nog stays in Starfleet, and I think he requests a command position on a station. I think in a lot of ways he more directly follows the footsteps of Benjamin Sisko than even Jake would. I think the Siskos were such a formative part of his life and showed him the values of Starfleet and the Federation as concepts that I think he would probably do his best to become that sort of figure to a new generation. I think he does keep Vic around, but I don't think he pulls up the hologram often. I, but I don't think that he ever fully deletes it because he cares about people. And I think he values Vic as a sort of angel on his shoulder, a symbol of his idealistic youth. I think he meshes very well with the Federation concepts. I think, furthermore, he eventually becomes sort of an inspirational figure to cultures like the Ferengi, who were resistant to join the Federation. I think, 
Nog Starfleet career probably serves as a symbol that you could keep your cultural traditions. You can honor the values that are important to your culture while embracing the sort of collectivistic culture that the Federation endorses. As to whether y'all would have been friends with Jake and Nog, we can sadly not redo the mistakes of the writing team, but I think anything is possible. And to Dylan, please don't Nog shame. Not on the Nogcast. Great question, Taylor. Next up, we have a question from James at and the Meltdowns on Twitter. James? Hi. I'm calling to ask James Stormer a question for his Mulled Cider podcast. I was wondering, what's your favorite spice to mull cider with? Okay, first off to James, first, how dare you? Second, mulled cider is a waste of your time and mine. Thirdly, to James Stormer, fuck you. You did not show any interest in holiday beverages until I started talking, talking knock. How fucking dare you? I swear, if I see word one about talking mulled cider show up on Twitter, I will burn you. I will burn you and everyone you love. Do not cross me, James Stormer. Do not cross me. Great question, James. John Decker at Deckwad on Twitter asked, would I be opposed to retweeting audience photo submissions with the hashtag, hashtag Nogstash? Just a thought. No, because if you want to send me a photo submission, I, I love them so much, I want to feature them on the air. Let's dive in, shall we? First up, we got a question, we got a picture from at Rules. He is uh, wearing some sort of checker-designed, I guess, a polo shirt. That's very, very fashionable. I like that. He's got a store-bought cup of eggnog sort of in the milk jug, a plastic milk jug container. That's neat. That's travel-friendly. I like that. He's got a big bushy beard. I appreciate that. He's making that work, sort of a side part on the haircut. And a look in his eyes that can only be described as murderous nog lust. I like it. The moon rules. You're okay. I take back those mean things I said earlier. You're a certified nog head, my friend. We also got a photo submission from Brandon Leon Gambetta. Sent it to me sideways. That's a little bit frustrating. I'm going to have to try to rotate this real quick. Well, I made it upside down. So that's exciting. So now it's an upside down photo of a man drinking Nog. He's got a Peru themed mug. That's cool. I like that. That's cosmopolitan. I assume it's full of, mon- of Nog. I have no way of proving that. But he sent it to Talking Nog. So I'm going to trust him. He's got a look at his face like a... I guess sort of a warm contentment, sort of a, a, a little bit less openly excited than I would expect from a man enjoying a frothy mug of nog, but uh, I suppose that's, you know, I, like, I, I, I appreciate that warm contentment in his eyes. He's a man that looks like he's settled in for a, a soft, gentle holiday. I like it. He's wearing a Santa hat. This is an important detail. He's got on a Oh, that sweater. He's wearing a sweater that looks very warm. I'm appreciating the warm sweater. It's uh, He's got a Christmas tree behind him. It's got some candy canes. It's got some ornaments. It's a very pretty tree. Brandon, you too. Certified Noghead. Thank you for both for your photo submissions. If you'd like to submit a photo, send it to TalkingNog at AOL.com and I will try to feature it on the show for the 2017 edition. Finally, we have a question about the future of Eggnog from Dave at Plantbird on Twitter. Dave? Hi Jeff, Dave here. I'm a lifelong Talking Nog fan, but I've never actually tried Eggnog. I'm like one of those people who listen to rewatch podcasts without watching the show or listen to car talk without ever talking to a car, but I digress. Um, 
I think what most puts me off trying eggnog is the name. I don't know what nog is, but it sounds old and gross. Uh, how would you rebrand eggnog to appeal more to cool young millennials such as myself? Thanks. Great question, Dave. This also ties into a question the Moon Rules has, which is, eggnog is a classic beverage, but how can companies make it young and sexy for the next generation of consumers? Now, we all know millennials are tough to market to. They hate things like corporations, tradition, family, the Olympics, napkins bought at stores, taking vacation days, fabric softener, not taking vacation days. So how do you take a very festive, warm holiday beverage and sell it to a cold, cynical, jaded, nihilistic, hedonistic, baseless group of people like millennials. I don't think that it's the name. I think it's the culture around the name. I said earlier that we're not afraid to talk truth to power here on Talking Nog, and I'm gonna say it. I think that the answer on how to market Nog to a new generation is to look away from Big Nog. I know, I know. You're what you're thinking, how can we possibly wrestle Nog from the jaws of Big Nog? They've held it for so long. I think the answer is in the burgeoning craft Nog movement. I think that home noggers across the country are making really great, fresh, vibrant new ideas in the nog sphere, that I think that's where we're going to find the next great nog ideas. We're already seeing cool regional ideas in the nog come from places like Seattle, Philadelphia, the Northeast. We're seeing really great hoppy Indian pale nogs. And, that, and, and, and sour nogs. We're seeing a real boom in the sour nog movement. We're starting to get experiments in, in seeing if we can make nog without eggs, like mallow nog or banana nog. I, 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 think, I think that pushing, that pursuing avenues outside of big nog, going for smaller markets, that's where we're going to find the next great nog. Great question, the both of you. Thank you to everyone that submitted a question. Um, my nog cup is a little empty. The fireplace is a little dimmed. I think it's time to wrap it up for this year of Talking Nog. Appreciate everyone listening. Appreciate all the social media support that we've gotten. Uh, until next time, cheers. Enjoy your nog. Happy holidays.